We're holding now Kuv Ches Amud Beis. We're going to start from Kuv Ches Amud Aleph on the bottom, the last line, the Mishnah. The discussion in the Gemara over here will be about pickling. The idea of pickling, the way it seems, at least mainly the, the way it's understood, the thing of The idea is like this: whenever you do any benefit to any food through salt, particularly through salt. It's similar to tanning, to ma'abid, because part of the process, and an important part of the process of tanning hide, is salting it to the extent that in the original Nusuch of the Mishnah, that was considered as one of the mulachis, ha'moyulchai, to salt, to salt uh, the hide. So uh, uh, perfecting something through salt is one of the mulachis, and therefore, when there's something similar to that, when you do it to food, when you perfect the food, you preserve it, or you do anything better, as we'll see later, if you take something sharp and you you make it shouldn't be so sharp through salt, then it's similar to ma'abed, it's similar to tanning, and therefore there's a problem. So that could be a problem with preparing salt water in order to pickle. It could be a problem with salting anything sharp. It could be a problem with salting a large quantity of any food which is typical to pickle. Because then it looks like you're pickling, which pickling is similar to, to tanning. And that's why there'll be an issue with these things. Um, that's also why uh, we know that uh, when we make salads, salads that we make with cucumbers, which are typical to be pickled, or tomatoes could be pickled, so only only those type of foods which are typical to be pickled, we have an issue with salting it. Now, in order to prevent that issue, the Altarebbe writes that you could put even right afterwards oil or vinegar. What does vinegar help? If vinegar also pickles. But the point is that it's making it not similar to tanning. Right after, right before you put the salt, you put another ingredient which makes it the salt is not alone changing the status of the food and therefore it's not similar to tanning the point is not what is it doing to the food itself the point is does it look like tanning and that's why there's different ways around it so let's see it inside you're not allowed to make salt water on Shabbos that's a bit of a contradiction Okay, the Gemara will say, Hill means one, another word for salt water. So you're not allowed to make salt water, but you're allowed to make salt water. And you can dip your bread inside. You can pour it into a dish. And the food that you're eating. So already from here, you can see a clue. What Tanakama meant. It's called Hilmi. Whether it's a lot, whether it's a little. So obviously Tanakama meant to say, a lot you're not allowed to do, but a bit you are allowed to. Says Rabbi why? If you have a problem with salt water, because it looks like you're going to pickle things, and therefore it's similar to tanning, then a bit is also a problem. Since when do we make any differences in the quantity? If an act is not allowed, it's not allowed. So when are you allowed to make, how are you allowed to make salt water on, uh, on Shabbos? He also agreed that there's such a concept as making salt water on Shabbos. I guess that was like an early Mishnah 
that you're allowed to make salt water but not heal me. So Chachamim translated it, it has to do with the quantity. He said, no, that cannot be the translation. So what is the translation? You pour oil before combining the salt and the water. You pour oil into one of them, which makes they should not mix as well and should not turn into such strong salt water, which you wouldn't have done that if you would want a pickle. So part of the ingredients that you're putting in is the opposite of pickling, and therefore it's not a problem. But if the ingredients are the same, it's salt and water, who cares if it's just a plate, a bowl, or it's a large container? It makes no difference. It's the same ingredients, and therefore it's not allowed. That's what a BAC holds. Okay. Says the Gemara, let's go back to Tanakama. Let's try to understand him. Micah Omer, what does he say? You're not allowed to make salt water, but you're allowed to make salt water. What does that mean? Amr this is what he's saying. You're not allowed to make a large quantity of salt water. You're allowed to make a small quantity of salt water, which is the halacha. You're allowed to make just for that particular meal, not for another meal. That's considered a bit. Which that's when you come into an issue on, 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 on Pesach, which falls out on Shabbos. So then you, you, you're only allowed to make a very small amount of salt water for the Seder, and no more. And therefore it says it's hard to be so careful, and therefore it's advisable to do it before Shams. But if you didn't, just do a very small amount. Very small amount. So that's, that's the idea. Fine. Amar Abiyasi, Va'alayhu hilmi be'milubinu be'mu'atim. Rabbi Yaisi is arguing in Tanakama and he's saying a little bit and a lot is all the same. I don't know, I don't understand, but it seems like the Gemara learned this statement alone without the end of the Mishnah. Without the conclusion of when is it allowed when you mix it with oil. It could be that the, there was an option of reading the Mishnah and saying that the last statement is going back to Tanakama. That according to Tanakama, you're allowed to make even a large quantity if you mix oil first, maybe. But the Gemara did not read, did not look now at the last line. They just look at the statement that Rabbi said, it's the same thing. A lot and a little is the same thing. Now that statement can be translated in two ways. It's the same thing and it's permitted. It's the same thing and it's not allowed. What, so what did he mean? Is it allowed or is it not allowed? Says the Gemara, they had a question. Did Rabbi Yisi come to say that even a little is not allowed? Or did he come to say that even a lot is allowed? We must say that Rabbi Yisi is coming to be more lenient, that you're allowed to make even a large quantity. How do I know that? delay from the fact that it does not say Rabbi Yisi forbids. In other words, means he's just saying a statement. If he would argue and say it's not allowed, it would say first of all, Rabbi Yaisi Oyser, Rabbi Yaisi forbids, and then it would say, Rabbi Yaisi explained himself. The fact that he, it, it doesn't say he forbids shows that he doesn't. He's coming to be matter. Why? Lechere could have said Rabbi Yaisi matter. I guess it's much more common just to say in short Rabbi Yaisi Oyser. The word Oyser maybe is more commonly used than matter. I'm not sure. To search in the Mishnahis. For some reason, that's Rabbi Yehuda was proving from the fact that it does not say Rabbi Yosi Oyser, rather Omer Rabbi Yosi, 
that's a proof that he's, he's more lenient. And when he said that a lot and a little is the same, he meant to say they're all allowed. I'm a lady, Rabbi, so Rabbi told him, how could he say that? Look right afterwards in the end of the Mishnah. When is it permitted? It's only permitted if you mix an oil. So obviously, Michlal, obviously the Rabbi Yesi Lesser. He must be coming to forbid. Again, the is very clear what Rabbi is saying. Rabbi Yudah obviously did read the Mishnah. And so we have to find an explanation what was Rabbi Yudah's logic, Rabbi Yudah's logic. But again, maybe we could say that he learned that the conclusion of the Mishnah is, is a continuation of Rabbonah, that even a large quantity is allowed when you mix in oil. And Rabbi said, no, if it's after Rabbi Yossi, then it's a continuation of Rabbi Yossi. El Amr Rabbi Lasser, Rabbi Yossi is coming to say, no, even a, a small quantity is not allowed. Fine. Tanya Nami you have a clear price of supporting this interpretation in Rabbi Yossi. It says, You cannot make a large quantity of salt water which would be made to pour into the vegetables which you're pickling. And typically they would pickle things in broken utensils. They don't need it for anything else, so you might as well use it for pickling. That's called a gistra. But you're allowed to make a small quantity of salt water. Um, and you can dip your bread in it, you can pour it into a dish. So that's what the Mishnah, when the Mishnah said, the toibel behem pita is coming to say, what does it mean? You're allowed to make salt water sufficient for dipping your bread in or putting it into a dish, which means just sufficient for immediate use and not a large quantity. But the punchline is over here, Amr Rabbi just because this is a lot, this is a little, then uh, this is not allowed, this is allowed. Now, what's the problem? It does make sense because it's only Xerah's Chachamim. The whole Xerah is that it's similar to, it looks like you're going to pickle, which is similar to tanning. A small amount, it doesn't look like you're going to pickle. Since Rabbi said there's a problem. Once you tell people it's not allowed, in their mind it's linked with any other malacha that's not allowed. And if then you tell them, but a, a little bit is allowed, they'll say, oh, so I'm allowed to do any malacha if it's a little. Since people are not so learned, you're going to confuse them. Once you make it not allowed, it has to be not allowed. You can't tell them it's not allowed, but it's allowed when it's a little. Then they'll say anything's allowed when it's a little. Turn a small candle and it's allowed. So they'll say, They'll make a mistake and they'll think that even a proper if it's a lot, it's not allowed. And a bit is allowed. So we're, we're making it worse by making this differentiation. So he concludes, So he clearly concludes that they're both not allowed, like Rabbi's interpretation, like Rabbi Yechon's interpretation, not like Rabbi Yehuda's interpretation. And then he continues, When are you allowed to make it? He says, Shemun Melach, mix first the oil with the salt, or first the oil with the water. Don't mix it, don't combine the water and the salt directly. First mix oil with one of them. Fine. Okay. So we have Rabbanon which say a lot of salt water is not allowed, a bit is allowed. And Abiyasi which says, no, you have to first mix in oil with one of them first. Tani Rabbi Yehuda Bar Chaviva. Rabbi Yehuda Bar Chaviva said over a azin. Even according to Rabbanon, if it's very strong salt water, you're not allowed to make even a small amount. 
because that's definitely typically used for pickling and not for dipping. Um, what is this strong salt water? Rabbi always both said, it's so salty that the egg floats, it doesn't sink. How much is that? Amar Abaya. Today, Tilsing Milcha, two thirds are salt. Vitil Samaya, and one third is water. Lamai Avdila. Typically, why do people make such strong salt water? Who needs that? Amar Abaya, in order to pickle fish for herring, then they make it very salty. They don't just pickle it like a cucumber. They need, I guess, preserve it much more. And there they put in two thirds of salt. And I guess that's why, since it's only made for, for, for salt, for, for pickling fish, it's not made for a dip. That's why you're not allowed to do it on Shabbos, because even a small quantity looks like you're pickling. Fine. Again, Tony, another Braise, Rabbi Yehuda Bar Chaviv, he said another Braise, the Shabbat Bar Chaviv. Ein molchim tznoin ubeitza b'Shabbos. You're not allowed to salt a radish or an egg on Shabbos, according to him. The reason is, so Rashi says we're talking about if it's a few pieces together, let's say three or four. The problem is that you're actually uh, changing them. You're changing their, their if, you, if you let them sit in salt, they harden, they change their form. So you're actually changing the, the, the situation of a food through salt. And if you do two or three pieces, you're already, try, you're already having an effect. And it's similar to tanning, as we said. That's what Rabbi Huda Bar Khaliba said over from Abraisa. But, it's interesting, I mean, what they were arguing on Abraisa, okay. I guess whenever you say Tony, then one person said the Tony, he wasn't accepted with such accuracy. They, they allow themselves to argue, I guess, to say that it wasn't so accurate. Rav Chizkiyam Shmeida Bayomer, no. Tznoin Osur. Only radish is not allowed. Obeyed Samuteres, but an egg is allowed. Because, um, we, um, I'm just trying to see. It, it seems like he was only worried about the fact that it's similar to pickling. And you don't typically pickle eggs, although it does change, but it's not a typical thing to do. And therefore, only something which is a typical thing to salt in order to perfect it, only then, it's in people's mind, it's similar to tanning. So we're not looking at the practicality if it has an effect on the food. We're looking if it has any similarity to pickling, which has to do with the fact that, it, that people do that in order to pickle. Okay, Amr Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman said, Meresh, once upon a time, have a malachna fugla. I used to salt um, radish and Shabbos without any limitations. Because, Amina, I said, Asudi come up I'm ruining it. It's good when it's sharp. When you salt it, you take away its sharpness. And therefore, um, it's not similar to pickling. You're not perfecting food with salt, you're ruining it. Since you're ruining it, so there's no problem. The Amr Shmuel, who says I'm ruining it? The Amr Shmuel, Shmuel was a doctor. 
And Shmuel said, Fug mali. A sharp radish are very good, they're very healthy. So if I'm taking away its sharpness, I'm ruining it. But came on the Shemayin Allah, once I heard the news, the Kiosa Ula Ula came down from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel, and he said, in Eretz Yisrael, Malchi Kishne Kishne, they salt piles upon piles of radish. It's a normal thing to have salted radish, uh, pickled radish. With, they, they salt it, they let it pickle, and they eat it. They like it. Okay, so even if Shmuel, the doctor, says that it's not, it's, it's much healthier, much better when it's when it's uh, not salted. But if people, for taste, even they salt it and they enjoy it. So I stopped. I stopped salting them. Says Rashi, two at a time. The point is not the effect that it has now. The point is it looks like pickling. People pickle it. So it looks like pickling. Two already that I put aside two that already looks like pickling. But but while I'm eating to dip it in and to eat it, that doesn't look like pickling. That's not a problem. So he used to even leave them out because it's only ruining it. Then he said, no, it, it might be ruining it, but it looks like pickling. So anything which looks like pickling, which is even two pieces together, or even if some, somebody can say, if you do one and leave it, another one, and you leave it, but you're leaving two together, that already looks like pickling. <laughs> okay. Tani Rabbi Yudah Bar Chaviva, another b'raisit is Rabbi Yudah Bar Chaviva said over. Esroik tznoin ubeitza. If you're eating an esroik, you're eating a radish, you're eating an egg. Ilmolek liposon achitsoinov. You're not going to eat with it. It's outer layer. They get stuck in your stomach. They're, they're constipating foods. The part of it which helps, let's say in the egg, is the, the, egg, the egg white. The part of the radish is the, the red part, I guess, the outside part, the outer part. The part of the esteric, I guess, is the, the skin part. If you just take the flesh inside, I guess, that's, uh, that that will be constipating. In order for, for it to be released, you must have also the outer layer. It's, I understand what it says. They never leave your stomach. They always they're going to get stuck there. So they're going to get the gooey and they get they 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 harden and they get stuck. Okay, I don't know understand what's the loyulam, but that, that's what it says. It's loyulam gets stuck, and the outer layer helps you to release it. Okay, we mentioned earlier that the the test for very strong salt water is that the things don't drown in it. Things don't sink in. He tell them the news that they never saw. People who were never in Israel never know. I mean, they, they, they only hear about it. They can Google it. They don't know about this, but it's a fact that exists in one place and no one else knows about. Or, or no one else has ever seen it. No one ever, ever, ever drowned in the, in the Sea of Sdoim, which is Yamamelech. Amar of Yosef, Afucha Sdoim, Afucha Mila. Sdoim was turned over. And this statement that Avdimi said is also turned over. Gavrul Delay Tova, only people don't sink. Kshura Tova, a log can sink over there. Everywhere else, as we'll see, logs don't sink. So you're telling me that there only people don't sink? If they specify, you should say even people don't, don't sink. Why are you telling me people don't sink? Amalia Bayo, he doesn't have to say that. Loimi Boyakov, he's saying Yechidish. Not only a being that people will call him a log, that people will call him a shabbat, and the never sings. Even a man, the tov of a chomim a shabbat, he always sings. 
He doesn't sink in Yama Melech. Who cares that people don't sink in, uh, in uh, Yama Melech? So he said, like, why is he saying a price or not a price? Why are you teaching us that? So he says like this, Rabbi Robin was walking behind Rabbi Yemiah, Guda the Yama, the by the bank of Yama Melech. So he asked him, Can we wash ourselves with this water on Shabbos? Now, as we know today, it's very popular. Dead sea minerals are very, they have a lot of healing elements to them. So then also they knew that they would use the Dead Sea, the, 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 the Yama Melech, they would, they would use it and then they wash with it for, for to heal them. Now you're not allowed to do any medication, any any form of refuah on Shabbos is not allowed because you might come to grind the herbs. So this water, people don't wash with it unless they they, they, they want to heal themselves. It's not, it's not water that you wash with because it's so strong, the salt water is so strong, more than any other sea, that you wouldn't wash with it. So it's obviously for health, for, for healing. On the other hand, it looks like water. When someone sees you from far, it doesn't look anything different than any regular water. So the question is, are you allowed to? Because it looks like water. The whole problem is that people might make a mistake and come to grind herbs. No one's going to make a mistake. Whoever sees you doing it, um, whoever sees you doing it, thinks you're washing with regular water. You yourself obviously ask the question. So obviously you know the halach. If you don't know the halach, you can wash anyways. And if you know the halach, you know this is an exception. So you're not going to make a mistake. Other people will make a mistake. Won't make a mistake, and never you allowed to wash with, with this one. So he asked the Mac, I don't know how this works, but one of the healing elements were that they would put it on top of their eyes, and they would blink in order that it should enter their eyes. I mean, it sounds strange. I think today you're very, very careful. That shouldn't enter your eyes. But they, part of the healing was that they would they let it enter your eyes. So are you allowed to blink in order that it should enter your eyes? I never heard this halacha clearly. I heard a similar halacha. The Amr Rabbi Zayda said, Zimnan sometimes Amr Rabbi Zayda Ravnasna, somebody said the name Ramasna, Vizinan Amr Rabbi Zayda Maruko, somebody said the name Maruko, Vitavai Mishmidavu, the Shmuel Velevi. They both said it in the name of two statements, one in the name of Shmuel's father, and one in the name of Levi, which was a Chavar of Rav and Shmuel, etc. Amr they said like this, Chadam, one of these two said, Yayin Besoycha Yayin Osu. If for whatever method of healing, you want to put wine into your eyes. You're not allowed to, because no one washes their eyes with wine. And if you are, you're obviously doing it as a remedy, and therefore it's not allowed. Al gavain, if you're putting it on top of your eyes, and it happens to drip into your eyes, mutter. In those days, it says it was the normal thing to wash on top of your eyes with wine. We do it by Abdullah. But it was the normal thing to wash on top of the eyes with wine. So that looks normal. Then the fact that it drips into your eye, you're not doing anything clearly that indicates that you wanted to get into your eye, and therefore it's allowed. Um, one of them said, one either Shmuel's father or Levi, Roik Tofel. Another remedy was saliva of someone who, who woke up and didn't eat anything and didn't talk, whatever it is, it's, it's still like raw saliva. So it has also some healing effect, but that no one does. No one would use it unless he has to, he has to heal something because it's disgusting. So wine 
It's not disgusting. So if you put it on top of your eyes, no. But this raw saliva, I feel al You're not allowed to even put it on top of your eye because uh, because it's obvious that it's for healing because no one would wash with it for any other reason. So we don't know who said which. It's two statements. It's not a contradiction. It's just two separate statements. To stay, we can prove, says the Gemara, that Avod Shmuel, Shmuel's father, who the Amr, he's the one who said, Yain you're not allowed to put wine in your eye, mutra on top of the eye, it's allowed. How do we know that? Me the Amr Shmuel. Shmuel said, A person is allowed to dip bread. Uh, one second. You're allowed to dip bread and wine and you could put it on top of your eyes on Shabbos. One second. Khairi is telling you to make a shinui. Why is that similar to what Shul's father said? <laughs> ah! It sounds like he's saying two separate things. One thing he's saying that you're allowed to dip your bread in wine on Shabbos. Why wouldn't he be allowed to? I don't know. And a separate thing he's saying you're allowed to put the wine on your eyes on Shabbos. Okay, so I have to figure out what's this first statement of dipping your bread into wine. What is he trying to be machadish? But he's saying that you're allowed to put wine on your eyes on Shabbos, on top of your eyes. The Shmi'alemi man. Who did he hear this statement, this Allah, that you're allowed to put wine on top of your eyes in Shams? Lab the Shmi'alim isn't it obvious that he heard it from his father? So that could prove to us the identity of the one who said you're allowed to put wine on top of your eyes in Shams, the Shmuel's father. Says he might know, but the Tameh, according to you, Hadam Shmuel, Shmuel said the second statement. He clearly said the second statement also. That the saliva that you're using for healing, you cannot put even on top of your eye. The Shmi'alemi man, who did he hear that from? El Eilim, if you're going to tell me the he heard from his father as well. El Eilim, if you're so what did Levi say? El one thing you heard from his father. One thing you heard from Levi, he heard from Levi things as well. We don't know, which is from his father, which is from Levi. Fine. So we're back to not knowing who said what. Fine. Amar Marukva, Amar Shmuel, Marukva said in the name of Shmuel. Um, he used to come a lot to Shmuel. Sheire Adam Kiloidin Me'ed of Shabbos, V'noyisin Al-Gav Eino B'Shabbos. They used to have patches, uh, healing patches that would put into water, and would heal the eye. Now, you're not allowed to put it on Shabbos because you're healing. But he says a new thing. 
that if you do, if you mix it, if you prepare it before Shabbos, which is something unusual, then the person who does it has a reminder not to grind any herbs for, for, for medicine because he had to do something unusual in order to heal himself. If you mix, let's say, your medication with something else before Shabbos, and then you put it on, then you could you take it on Shabbos because uh, you had a reminder not to mix it with something else, and someone else thinks it's the drink, let's say, it's mixed with, with, with drinks. So you're allowed to, you're allowed to uh, soak it before Shabbos, um, and then put it on your eyes on Shabbos. It's no problem. Okay. Barley Voi, a person named Barley Voi, have a koi came to Marukva. He came to Marukva. Chazi Marukva saw him that he did, he followed Marukva's directive. He took these patches, he soaked them in water before Shabbos, and he uh, put them on his eyes. Uh, he put them on his eyes on Shabbos. But not only that, Chazi saw that a Posach. He was blinking to make it enter his eye very well. Shmuel never permitted you to blink. To put it on your eye it could be similar to just washing your eyes. People might think you're just rinsing your eyes. But if you're blinking, you're clearly intending to take this and to make the bring it into your eyes. It's definitely it's, it's obvious that you're coming to heal. That's not allowed. So even if you mix it before Shabbos, it has to be done in a way that it's not obvious that you're healing. So you're mixing a medicine with a drink, then you're drinking on Shabbos. It looks like you're drinking. But if you mix it with something else and you take it like a medication, then it's a problem because it's clear that it's a medication. Mm-hmm. Fine. Oh, they heard about all these kiloid and these patches. So Rabbi told Marukva, let my master send us these special patches of Shmuel is a great doctor. Please can you show, show me, send me his patches? Shalach lay. He told him, like, you know what? Fine. I'll send them to you. So lay tell me, you shouldn't think that I'm greedy, that I'm stingy. But you should really know something. But Shmuel said like this. It's much more efficient if you just wash your eyes with a bit of cold water in the morning. In the evening, you wash your hands and your feet with hot water. We call it It's much better than all these patches. You won't need any medication. That will solve the issue on its own. It's much better, Rabbi Huda said. It's much better to wash your eyes with, uh, with uh, cold water in the morning, with a drop of cold water. And to wash your hands and feet with hot water in the evening. We call Kiloid and Shabbat better than all healing patches. It does a better job. Okay, we'll leave here because the next week is already a whole new sugya. So, what did we talk about? We spoke about um, salt water. Tanakama says you're allowed to make a small amount but not a large amount because it looks like pickling, which is similar to tanning. Um, Um, then we Rabbi Yaisi argues and he says no, the way the Gemara explained a large amount and a small amount is all not allowed, why? because it will confuse people if you tell them a bit is allowed, they'll say oh every malacha a bit is, about, is allowed so even a bit is not allowed um, so he only permits if you mix oil with the salt or the water first and then it won't combine very well 
Now, even according to Rabbanan, you're not allowed to make very strong salt water, which is typically made for herring, which is two-thirds salt and one-third water. That you're not allowed to do, even a small amount, and the same would be if the egg will float. Um, okay? Then we spoke about veg different foods that you're not allowed to salt. So one opinion says anything which has an effect from the salt, as long as you do a few pieces together and just leave them, and therefore they're going to they're going to change by the salt, which is a radish or an egg. But the maskani is no. Only such um, vegetables where it's normal to salt them or to pickle them. And then, on the other hand, even if you just do two, whether it's together, whether it's one after another, there's two opinions about that. But even if you just do two, it looks like you're pickling. And therefore it's not allowed. But to dip, and that's the halacha, but to dip it one by one, that's fine. Now, we mentioned that the halacha, since uh, the whole problem is that it's similar to pickling, so if you put in another ingredient which is not the way you would pickle with salt, so it's not similar to tanning with salt, then it's allowed. That's why you can put in oil or vinegar, and that's fine. Okay? Then, then we spoke about for digestion, it's good to eat the egg white as well, the outside of the radish, and the outside of the esrig. Then we spoke about yamamelech. Yamamelech, it's very salty, so you don't drown in it. A log never drowns in water, but a person doesn't drown in yam, in yam sdoim. Um, you're allowed to wash yourself with the water of Yamamelech because it, it looks like regular water, so you know, and other people think that it's regular water. Um, however, to, to put it on your eye and to blink, to let it in, that's not allowed because the blinking is obviously you're doing it to heal, and healing on Shabbos is not allowed because you might come to grind herbs, because that was a typical way to make medicines then. Uh, the same is regarding putting wine on your eyes. On the eye, then it was a normal thing to wash with it, but in your eye it was not normal, so in your eye you're not allowed to. Uh, uh, saliva of someone who didn't eat yet was also something healing, and uh, but that's something disgusting that you would never put unless it was for healing, and therefore even on top of your eye, you're not allowed to put it. Um, then we said that you're allowed to soak patches to heal your eye before Shabbos. I guess it was something which they would maybe sometimes use for washing their eyes as well, but you're doing it to heal. But you have a reminder not to come to grind the herbs because you're soaking it before Shabbos. Everyone else looks at it and thinks that it's uh, ju you're just washing your eyes, so therefore you're fine. Um... Um, okay, however, you're not allowed to blink, you're not, you're not allowed to do anything obvious that it's here to heal because uh, that ruins the point. The point is that it shouldn't be obvious. Um, then we spoke about Shmuel had special patches and Marukva had them, so he asked, but Shmuel has a better idea. Wash your eyes with a bit of cold water, wash your hands and feet in the evening with hot water. That prevents the need uh, to have these healing patches. And we go to Brysa, which says the same.